Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like always, running the show with me. You've been running a great job. Chris, you there? I'm here, James. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. I understand that you're out in Philadelphia. Yes, I am. You know, I, you know, it was funny because I was coming out here to visit with, you know, former Eagle players, get on the show, and you know, hopefully it goes. But it dawned on me to have one of my great guests to come back on the show to do this show with us, Chris. That's why I asked Carl to come back, right? Absolutely. Well, Carl, thanks for being on again. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Looking forward to the to the time. <laughs> well, I know Chris got a bunch, but I just want to start off with saying, you know, everybody, you know, you know how playoffs is one and done, and you're done, you're out of it. But how do you think the Eagles going to fare with a backup quarterback? You know, I think it's going to be a tough thing for him. Um, Carson Wentz was an, uh, had an amazing year. I mean, I, when they played the Broncos, I hadn't seen a quarterback running offenses as efficiently as, as he did in a long time. Uh, I, I was very, very impressed by the young man, and, and it's too bad. One of the, one of the risks you take as a, as a professional football player uh, in any position, but particularly as a quarterback who wants to run the ball and, and, and uh, is too young uh, to, to realize maybe he should slide instead of going head first all the time, is you're going to get hit. You're going to get hurt. Uh, big, strong guys going fast. Uh, body, bodies don't hold up to that uh, for a long period of time. And, and uh, hopefully he'll get that out of his system and, and uh, run when it's appropriate and slide when it's appropriate and get out of bounds when it's appropriate and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that, what I understand this past summer, uh, he went to, uh, he, he had a lot of one-on-one help uh, because of what happened last season, how he looked, and it was like a total night and day difference between how he played previous season versus this season, and it was it's very... It's a different game. It, it, uh, the, oh, yeah. The college, the college game at, at any level, and, and uh, I played at uh, Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We used to play against North Dakota. Uh, so I, I mean I, I I know the that level of football I, I played that level for two years and uh, um, that game and and the pro game uh, are are just completely different. You spend you spend hours and hours and hours in the in in the meeting room in the in the film room. Um, at a pro level, so you can make adjustments from week to week. You, you've got to change what you do, change what you see, change how you interpret everything that's going on. Every week, that that changes. Um, uh, at a college level, they put in what they put in. You play that system. If that system is better than the other guy's system, you win. If you don't, you lose. Uh, so I mean that that mental piece of it of it is is just. A tremendous jump at the pro level, and 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 to to make that jump in your second year, like like you saw Carson Wentz do, was was pretty tremendous. Absolutely. But but um, Carl, do you think? I mean, it's tough for Nick, but he played before and started. Couldn't that still be um, something that can help him in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, um, I I think yeah, I I think that. Uh, that the guy, the guy, and I can't think of the guy's name now. I mean, the Broncos were looking at hiring him as, as a possibility because they were they were desperate. They were trying to find anybody um, as just because they could, they could, didn't have anybody with any experience. And and uh, to to have um, Nick Foles uh, as your quarterback is a better better situation than having someone that doesn't have NFL experience. Now he's not he's not going to be able to run the offense the way. Uh, Carson Wentz did, uh, but it's a team sport. Uh, it's amazing to see uh, how often other players will raise their level of play around and rally around a backup player. Um, you know, ho- hopefully uh, for Philadelphia's sake, uh, they'll do that. But you know, you, you never know. Yeah. Uh, so, Carl, you, you, you've actually been to the Super Bowl three times. You're at Super Bowl 21, 22, and 24. Um, 
the remaining eight NFL teams are, you know, they're wanting to get where you've been. You know, besides winning, uh, what, what, what do they need to do to, to, to get there? You know, um, I, I think the, the biggest, the biggest adjustment in, in your mental, uh, outlook and and going into those playoff games is to not not think about um, the big picture but think about the small picture think about what who you're who you're playing against what 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 guy you're lined up against what how how you do your job to the best of your ability defeat defeat that player um you know, make make the plays when the when the opportunities are there to make the plays, and and not it's it's really easy to get caught up in the in the you know the the historical significance of you know winning winning a championship rather than I've got a job to do on this play, and this is how I'm going to do it, and 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 you know not not don't don't look beyond beyond that play. So, do you agree with me that, um, and I think I talked to Chris, but I can't think of his name, the quarterback when Baltimore won. You really don't need a quarterback making plays that don't lose it for you. Am I right? I think that's a big thing. I really do. Uh, if, if you look at, uh, at championship games, more often than not, uh, and any game, more often than not, it's, it's uh, somebody's mistake that uh, that loses the game rather than uh, someone's unbelievable play that wins the game. Uh, one of the challenges I find as, a, as an ex-professional football player watching football and, and, and trying to be a fan of football is that I see what's going wrong. If, if there's a big play, more often than not, the big play happened because somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um, so I see that, and, and it's not, I, don't, I don't get all ex- excited about, wow, what an amazing play, although there are a lot of amazing plays in the NFL, but, uh, but more often than not, that happens because someone didn't do their job. Yeah. So speaking about jobs, um, the Broncos are looking at trading and or uh, drafting, a college, uh, or drafting a college quarterback. Um, one quarterback they're looking at is Josh Allen. You know, he's from Wyoming. James is from Wyoming, so hey, we got that. And then also, um, the head coach at Wyoming actually coached Carson Wentz, um, and uh, now he's, he's coaching uh, Josh Allen. Uh, there's even word that they're looking at Kirk Cousins, the quarterback for Washington Redskins. I know, you know the, the Philadelphia fans aren't happy about that, but hey, get him, I guess that maybe they'll be happy. Maybe they want him out of, out of Washington, get him out of their league. Um, they already have three quarterbacks on the roster. What do they need to do to find a franchise quarterback? Franchise quarterback. That's a t- that's a tough one. It really is. Um, they had the I, I had the pleasure of playing my entire career with John Elway. Uh, John was a rookie the same year I was. He was the first pick of the 1983 draft. I was the 310th pick of the 1983 draft. <laughs> but. But we were teammates for 12 years, and then he, he kept playing afterwards. I also came in with Gary Kubiak. And Gary Kubiak, um, yeah, I believe he was a seventh-round pick that year, also an unbelievable quarterback. People don't realize how gifted he was because he was behind Elway. Um, and, and back in those days, you couldn't – the team owned, owned your rights. You, you couldn't leave the team unless the team traded you. Uh, there was no there was no free agency, no opportunity to move outside of someone's shadow if 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 you were a Gary Kubiak. I believe there are I believe there are franchise quarterbacks like Gary Kubiak. I believe he could have been a franchise quarterback. He should have been a franchise quarterback. But guys like that that are behind some other player that they, they don't have an opportunity to show what they can do. I, I, I'm I'm hoping the Broncos can come up with somebody like that, but. Uh, if if not, they're going to have to keep uh, taking shots in the draft, and 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 it's it's once again that jump from college football to pro football is such a huge jump, particularly at that position, that it's very very difficult to anticipate what kind of a a, a move, uh, you know, what kind of a impact that change will have on a, on a young player. Uh, the Broncos um, just. Uh, you know, have have had some problems there for the last few years, and hopefully they're going to straighten that out. Kerr, I was told that it takes five years 
before you become a real uh, NFL quarterback to learn it. you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, believe, I believe that uh, some guys take that long. Uh, obviously you see guys um, come in and and make a splash like a Carson Wentz in his second year Um, like Wilson from San Diego he came in and and they set up a system around him that he was able to function in the NFL Um, if if you're talking about somebody who's going to be a uh, a Peyton Manning or a, a, a Tom Brady or something like that yeah that takes time that to be to be a coach on the field uh that that takes time, um, and the average career in the NFL is less than three years. Um, if if you can if you can get past that three years, get into your fourth, fifth, sixth year, um, yeah, you should you should understand the game. Uh, your your physical skills will start to diminish just because you're getting banged around so much. But 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 mentally, you should be up to speed, and and then towards the end of, the, of your career, it's. You know exactly what to do, but your body won't do it anymore, and that that gets to be a frustrating situation too. But uh, yeah, I, I I believe yeah, five or six years in, everybody should understand the game. That you should be a student of the game and and, and understand the game. But there are there are guys that are successful early on. But doesn't a lot of that have to do with injuries? I mean, the the more injuries you get, the the less the, the less time you're going to be playing. Um, the less injuries you have, the more time you're going to be playing. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a is it that's why the the careers are so short. Um, you know, the, I I was uh, like I said, I was the 310th pick of the draft based on my athletic ability. Um, but uh, a three-legged mule can still pull. I didn't have. If I got hurt a couple times, it didn't matter. I wasn't the fastest guy out there anyway. But if I understood the game um, and anticipated what was going to happen and took the first step before anybody else did, then I was going to make the play. Uh, so to me, that that's that's the advantage of being around long enough. That's the advantage of of that five or six years. Is that you're able to be decisive, you're able to take that first step, you're able to read the defense and get the ball out before any anybody else can. That's what makes a great quarterback. It's not it's not the guy who can, you know, run the the 4-4-40 or the the guy that uh, you know can throw the ball 75 yards. Um there's lots of guys out there that can do that kind of thing, but the guy that is is going to be a great quarterback in the long term is a guy that is so prepared that he he's able to take the first step before anybody else does. Well, Carl, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back. We have more questions, please. And after this is James Loving, Chris Cole, and former NFL player Carl McIver. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. Yeah. 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and we are live in Philadelphia at the Fox and Hound. Hopefully we'll be out here for the next week to the Eagles go to that Super Bowl. But we're here, right, Chris? Absolutely. Always a good thing. Yeah, we got... Okay, Chris, go ahead. I know you got two more for Carl, and I got one. Okay, Carl. Well, let's talk about this past Broncos season. So they started, started off at 3-1. You know, okay, that was respectable. Then they had a bye week during week five. They came back, took a nosedive by going 2-10. and 10. My question to you is what changes need to happen in order to get the team back on the winning track? Well, uh, any time you have uh, a down year like that, um, you gotta, you got to look inside. You, ha- you have to, you have to uh, identify who the guys are on the team that are leaders, the guys that are, are giving their all, whether you're ahead or you're behind or whatever the situation is. Um, and put them in positions where they can be leaders, uh, you're going to have to replace people. Uh, obviously, we've already talked a little bit about the quarterback. Um, they're either going to have to have one of those guys step up or they're going to have to uh, you know, find somebody from the outside. Uh, they've had some problems on their offensive line um, and, and uh, their tight end position. Um, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it was a different year. Uh, since since Pat Bowen bought the Broncos uh, in my second year in 1984, uh, the Broncos have been to more Super Bowls than they've had losing seasons. Uh, cool. they, we're, we're not we're not used to this. Uh, it's a it's it's and, and it, people don't accept it. Uh, people within the organization don't accept it, uh, and, and particularly people uh, who are fans of the team are not accepting it. So it's it's, a, it's an interesting. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hard off season. It's going to be all kinds of decisions that are made that uh, that are probably aren't going to be popular. But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Carl, I want to ask you that too. How tough is that? Like a Cleveland Brown and go 0 and 16, and you know, like the Broncos, so just. For the players to get up, I mean, you know, everybody looking at their jobs, but how tough is that yeah, mentally? You, you, you got to be a professional, James. You know how it is. You gotta, yeah, it's it's. Uh, you, you prepare. Uh, you go into every game the same way. Uh, you evaluate uh, afterwards. You figure out what you did right. You figure out what you did wrong. You, you set some goals. You fix a few things, uh, and you do it again. Whether you win or you lose, uh, that that right. to me is how not only you get better, but but how you battle complacency. And, and a lot of people have tr- trouble with complacency. I believe that's really what happened to the Broncos organization this last year is that they that they expected um, to to go to the go to the Super Bowl again, you know, just by showing up, and that's not how it works. Complacency is battled by day-to-day decision making. Uh, this is what we did right. This is what we did wrong. And it doesn't. And it doesn't matter if you win or lose that game. It's it's evaluation and 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 uh, honesty and forgiveness with yourself and, and taking those steps forward. So I think they've gotten away from that. Uh, and and hopefully uh, hopefully that'll change this coming year. We can only hope so. <laughs> so. All right, Carl, I know that you, you now run a motivational speaking business uh, in the Denver area, and you stated that speaking and football have similar challenges. Can you talk about this? Sure. Um, I'm a, I've been a, a professional speaker for longer than I was a professional football player, and I played for 12 years. So, uh, and, and there are very similar uh, steps you take. Uh, I, I uh, prepare uh uh, make game plans depending on my my clients as as far as uh, being a speaker goes. I, I perform at a high level for a short period of time um, as a speaker. Uh, I evaluate what went on and then I prepare for the next one. In a lot of ways, it's it's, it's very much like football. I don't get hurt, uh, which is nice. Um, and uh, you know, I I, I uh, I've got I've got good teammates. Um, I've, I've got. Uh, 
uh, a great group of, of other speakers here in, in, in Denver that uh, are out there doing the same thing that I'm doing. Uh, and, and to me, that that connection is, is huge, too. Uh, it, it took me a while to find um, my team, uh, the, the, the folks that, that I meet with, the folks that I, I learn from. Um, but... But it's important, even if you're in a solo situation like I am when I'm actually doing my job, the, the input I get from others and, and people from the outside is, is huge, and, and that, that team has been, has been giant for, for, for my progression as a, as a professional speaker. Right. i, I got to applaud you on that, Carl. That is beautiful just to hear that. You know, uh, a lot of people, after they get done playing, they don't do that. So before you, like you say, you're doing that long that you play football, I mean, you had that passion in you before you started football, you know, so pass off to you. And, like, a lot of listeners listening to you like to hear that, you know. Appreciate oh, well, you got to find your team, man. There's, there, one, one person can accomplish some things, but you can't accomplish everything you want to without, without, uh, without help. Um, and, and even, you know, uh, you look, at, look at what how, how your football career Happen and every every football player I talk to, every football player I've gotten to know through the years, none of them did it on their own. Uh, there there are people in their background. There are, there are people that stepped up and helped them and and coached them and and uh, taught them, um, mentored them. Every step you take in life, there's there's people around you that are that are involved. And if you can look at that as a team. If you can see, can can realize that uh, that you are a part of a team, whether whether you're uh, in in a work situation, whether you're in a family situation, whether you're talking about your community, that that visual of this is a team, just like a football team, and this is this is my place in that team, and I can I can help this team take another step forward if, in a much much bigger sense if I realize I'm a team member. Well, Carl, I want to thank you again for being on, and we've got to have you on again and again, right, Chris? Absolutely. You know, we've been talking night and day about that, everything going on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Take care, fellas. All right, Carl, take care. Take care, Carl. Thank you. All right, so let's go ahead and just take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our next guest on, Ron Moten, former Philadelphia Eagles linebacker. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Sports. 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and co-hosting Chris U.S. I'm here, James. We're knocking out of the park today. I can't believe that um, you come back to where you play and then you get your old teammate, you know, live in Philadelphia. We got Ron Moten, former NFL player. You there, Ron? I'm here, my friend. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> See, I'm going to let Chris um, give you all the questions, today. I'm just going to chime in with her. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, Ron. When you were drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in 1987, which teammates helped you to fit in with the team? Um, I would have to say, uh, well, uh, are, you, are you referring to uh, teammates who were already on the team or guys who came in the draft with me? Because, uh, well, let's you know, start with ones that were already on the team, ones that kind of helped, helped you to figure things without, out. Yeah, without, without, without a doubt, it was Reggie White, without a question. Yeah, Reggie White. Reggie White. Reggie White was like a big guitar. Yeah, absolutely. What did yeah. he do, Ryan? I hope you figure out I me mean, because you know I know when I came in, I think you was in your second year or first year, and he's like you had everything now. You had your head on and all like that. What did he do? Was your head not on right, or you was just? I mean, what did what? What did he do? I I I missed that question, James. Say it again. What What did he do to help you? You know, when you came in, did he oh, help I'm you sorry. with like? Yeah, yeah. Reggie, Reggie would meet with uh, with all of the new draftees. Uh, I remember walking into Veteran Stadium. I had just flown in from uh, from, uh, from Florida, and uh, he was one of the first individuals that I saw was myself and Jerome, and I believe uh, Ben Tamborello, Dave Alexander, uh, Byron Evans. Um, we all, of course, knew who he was, and uh, he introduced himself to us. And uh, at some point in time, while we were doing our little walkthrough, um, sat down and had a little conversation, and it was just—it was just uh, you know, kind of picking our brains uh, as far as um, you know, uh, how was things in, in college, where were we from, learning a little more about our personal lives and our backgrounds, so that uh, you know, when 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 we had those conversations, we would address those issues, and so it was more or less getting to know us and then kind of steering us in the right direction as far as, you know, the lifestyle, if you will, of, uh, of being, um, you know, an NFL player. Yeah. So they, they took you through, through what, what you needed to be aware of. Yes, absolutely. Reggie was the yeah. best at that. Reggie was the best. Yeah. He invited us to, uh, I remember, I remember uh, Chris and I, Chris Carter and I, and a few of us, uh, Reggie would have Bible study class, um, uh, of meetings, if you will, at his house. He had a house in, he was living in Washington Township at the time. And I remember uh, G. Cobb, um, Keith Byers, you know, all the guys who were already, you know, on the team, guys who had been in the league for quite some time. He would invite us to Bible study class uh, meetings um, at his house. And, uh, you know, we would eat and, and, and talk and talk about, you know, life itself, if you will. So, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, Reggie, Reggie was very, very instrumental, and um, certainly with me, certainly with me uh, at, at a point in my short career of, you know, what am I going to do afterwards? You know, where am I going to go, um, you know, when this game uh, when, you know, when this game is over? You, you know what, Chris, I'm going to chime in before you ask the question that. Uh, one, Ron, talk about how when I came in, the younger guy, you helped us, and two, you went a little bit fast, you know, uh, because uh, that was funny because when you was doing that, I remember you was going to school for what you're doing now, and uh, and you had your mindset, you know, like, I'm going to do this after I'm done playing, and, I mean, look at you now. Go explain a little bit about that and what you're doing, you know. Uh, the, 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 the path in which, uh, in which what I'm doing now uh, as, 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 a, as a career, you mean? Yeah. Okay, all right. So, yeah, obviously, um, unlike, um, you know, most guys who come into the league, you know, you always have a goal and a plan of, you know, to play as long as you can, make as much money as you can so that you can take care of family and, you know, live out your dream, your childhood dream. Uh, unfortunately for me, uh, you know, I got hurt uh, my rookie season 
Uh, I remember I, I injured my knee against uh, the first preseason game against the Jets, and then I missed the second game, which was against uh, New England, I believe it was. It was an away game. And then the third game was against uh, the Dolphins here in the vet. And, uh, yeah, as luck would have it, man, I, I, um, I just happened to be running downfield on special teams play and, uh, and just uh, tore my right knee, total reconstruction. So wow. for two years... For two years, um, I was on IR, I rehab, and I, and I um, uh, rehabbed a lot, and I've talked a lot with Wes Hopkins. The year before, Wes had done the same thing to his knee, his left knee. And so Wes and I spent a lot of time together. Um, the third year, um, I come back, and um, I tear my left knee uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. This is a, a preseason practice. Being a long story short, after that happened, I mean, I, I, I knew that my career was over. You, you know as well as I do, James. You know, you, you're pretty much damaged goods, man, if you can't run anyways. And so yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. I honestly didn't. And I can remember being in the vet and I, uh, knowing that, you know, going into the, uh, to camp, when camp was going to start, I was, I was going to be released. I knew I was done. And I, I distinctly remember Reggie. Um, he saw me. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, James. There used to be a room in the locker room. Uh, it was like a little closet, closet room. It was dark, and they had a re- reclining chair inside. And, uh, and Reggie said, Ron, listen, let's go. Let, let's, uh, let, let, let me talk to you. Because he saw that I, how depressed I was. And cause I didn't know what my future had. And I, I hadn't at that time earned my degree at the University of Florida. I was there for five years. I was embarrassed. Uh, and so I remember having this conversation with Reggie. And I remember Reggie telling me we, we, uh, we, we prayed briefly. I got a little emotional, and I remember Reggie saying, uh, Ron, listen, God has other plans. God, God has other plans for you, man. Um, you can't question it. You don't know. Um, it might happen a year from now. It might happen five years from now. It might happen 20 years from now. But God has other plans for you, and you're going to be able to do big things, man, and you're going to be able to give back. And I remember at that point in time saying, no, I want to I play football. And so... Um, you know, as luck would have it, obviously, um, I'm done. And then for about two, two and a half years, um, um, I eventually was able to, financially was able to get, uh, get back into school. I uh, enrolled at Rutgers in Camden, 1993. I'll never forget it, summer of 1993. Uh, and it took me another two and a half years, summer of 93. And I went, um, I had a full, uh, full load, 12 credits uh, or more from... Fall of 93, spring of 94, summer of 94, fall of 94, and I graduated in 95. And uh, upon being uh, to graduate, I got an internship uh, with a program, state-run program in New Jersey called ISP. It's called Intensive Supervision Program. I was soon to be graduating with a degree in psychology, and I met uh, a guy who I referred to as my, as my godfather. He was a Superior Court judge. He's retired now by the name of Isaiah Steinberg. And he, uh, I remember asking him, Judge, do you mind if I, if I use you as a reference on my resume? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm graduated with the, uh, a degree in psychology. I don't know what, I don't know where it's going to take me. And he said, sure. He told me to take my resume over to the prosecutor's office in Camden, New Jersey. I knew nothing about the prosecutor's office. I had a friend who was in law enforcement, but that's it. And, um, submitted my resume. Uh, and I, um, got a, a letter. They granted me an interview. I interviewed, and a week later, uh, they offered me the job. Changed my life, man. And I've been uh, in the prosecutor's office now since 1995, August August 5th, 1995. And here I am uh, going on 23 years, and uh, that, that office has, uh, I can't even tell you, it has allowed me to do things that I never thought in a million years, uh, certainly more than, than what the NFL would have been able to do, but it has allowed me to um, to change the lives of those who I have come in contact with during my during my career as a detective, certainly in homicide. And so, I remember when I was sworn in as uh, as the chief going on three years ago. Um, this is the past. I remember when Reggie said, "Ron, God has other plans for you." This is what Ron Moten was meant to do. It wasn't meant for me to have a career, uh, you know, playing in the NFL. It was meant for me to be a public servant, man, and to be able to, um, to at least, you know, in my career as a detective, to provide some kind of closure for, for those um, in Camden County who have lost loved ones. Yeah, Chris. 
perfectly from, from Reggie's lips to God's ears. He heard it. So that's good. Yes. Now, Ron, there's, there's a little part of your story, just a little minute part of your story that you left off that I'd like you to, that, that, that I think, um, to me, it seems like this, this was kind of a major turning point, was when you started working for Goals for Youth. With the yes, broadcast, yes, I did. Okay. Oh. Somebody did their homework, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah, so here's what happened. So, so uh, uh, you know, uh, about a year, maybe, I don't know, maybe three or four months uh, outside of, you know, being done playing football. At one point in time, I, I went to Southern Connecticut State, which I failed to mention. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine, Brad Beckman, at the time, his dad owned uh, Starter Sports, where Brad and I were great friends at the University of Florida. And uh, I went to New Haven, Connecticut. I enrolled at Southern Connecticut State for a semester. Didn't work out. Um, at the time, I had a daughter, uh, and I was commuting back and forth to see her. So I ultimately moved back here. That's when I moved in with a, uh, a dear friend, James. You remember Ted. Ted Reed is uh, he's a, uh, a mortgage broker with, uh, not a mortgage broker, he's a financial uh, advisor with Morgan Stanley. Uh, and I moved in with Ted. I ran out of money. I slept on his couch for two, two and a half years. And during that time, I ran, I went to church, and I met, uh, I ran into Cedric Brown. I don't know if you remember Cedric Brown, James. He was a defensive back. Cedric, I do remember him. Um, yeah. yeah. Cedric was working for Goals for You. Goals for You uh, was another state-run program. And Goals for You was a program where um, uh, they used former professional athletes. Uh, it was myself, uh, guys who played uh, uh, basketball. I remember Marvin Frazier, not the father, but the son was involved. Um, we had a musician, a professional musician. Um, and what we would do is we would go into the inner city schools, not necessarily inner city schools, but we would go to schools um, and we would counsel at-risk students, kids who, just like Ron Moten and others, we were really focusing more on um, whatever sport we were doing as opposed to focusing on our education. And I would share uh, my experience and, and, my, and my, my downfalls with these kids. And I remember explaining to these kids the importance of an education and the fact that you, you know, don't let your talent use you. Use your talent to at least give yourself an opportunity for, for life outside of high school. And I remember preaching that to these kids. I, I used to talk about it so much, and here I am. I haven't even gone back and, 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 and finished what I started. Um, but there was a reason why. As I mentioned earlier, uh, financially, I just wasn't able to do that. So when I was able to financially be able to, uh, to go back to school, I continued uh, counseling goals for you for about uh, maybe a year or so. Uh, and then I just wanted to really focus all of my uh, attention and free time to, uh, uh, to class. And I spent more time on campus than I, than, I, than I did probably in those two and a half years than I did in classroom um, than I did when I was at the University of Florida, and I was there for four and a half, five years, man. You know, so it was embarrassing um, in the beginning, but um, you know, it made me it made me a stronger person, made me a better person, made me a more determined person because I did not want to be another statistic, and that was you know an individual guy who had the opportunity to play um, at any college. Um, uh, you know, on a football scholarship, came out without my degree, had the opportunity to get drafted, got hurt, and didn't have anything to show for it. I didn't want to be that guy. So uh, everything happens for a reason for me. So, yeah, I failed to mention that. But, uh, well, well, you know, Ron, we're not going to take a break. Chris, we're going to keep going, and we'll go to the end of the show. i not get the music, but we want to keep going. But I want to throw okay. something in there, Ron. You're not giving yourself credit because Chris, uh, and all my listeners, like everybody in Chicago listening, and let them know what you've done for me. See, you already helped somebody. You didn't know it. Because I was that way. I was depressed. You know, when I got hurt, Ron, I was just livid. And, and you picked me up. You took me in. You, Jerome, and you helped me. And look at like I'm doing now today, you know. But give yourself credit for that, you know. I mean, you took me in like I was your brother. And, and I was uh, the same way you were. I was like, man, my career's done. But. Explain that, Ron. Right. I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate kind words, love. Um, I don't know, bro. I, I, you know, uh, w- one thing I would say is that uh, you and I, um, out of everybody, uh, we we were we were experiencing the exact same thing. You, you and I shared um, the same the same downfalls, and 
you know, not knowing what our future was, uh, not knowing what we were going to do. And so you and I had, uh, you know, we had a bond. And so, yeah, you and I did spend a lot of time together. You and I did talk about, you know, what are we going to do? Um, you and I did have conversations. I remember you and I uh, having conversations about not wanting to be another statistic and not wanting to be that guy that, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, uh, he had the opportunity and he blew it because he went to college and he just didn't have anything else to, uh, to show for it. Uh, you and I had some emotional conversations, man, back then. A lot of tears. Um, it's been, what, 27 years now, something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and so I guess, I guess, listen, I guess we kind of, we kind of drew from the strength of each other. You know what I mean? I knew I had faith and I know that you had faith as well. It was just financially, I think we were both strapped and, and waiting for the opportunity to, uh, um, to be able to go back to school or to be able to, uh, to move on, you know, to, to, to leave this area. So um, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'm certainly proud of you. Um, it's always it's always great to uh, uh, to hear from you. Uh, we haven't seen each other. It's been I think the last time I saw you was in '94. Uh, if you recall, I even brought if you recall when I came out to Wyoming, I brought my uh, my books yeah. out there with me. If you if you remember yeah. that, because I was I did. Yeah, yeah. I was still in school. Yeah, absolutely. Still didn't like that comment. You said I look like a lineman, but we got we'll get over that. Well, listen. Well, yeah, just just so your listeners know, I don't know how much they know, uh, you know, about, about your past. But James used to have a James used to have a six pack back in the day, man. So now, yeah, you do look like. <laughs> I didn't recognize you when I walked in, man. But <laughs> he, he walked in he like, "Good lord." <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> so, Ron, um, my next couple of questions have to do with the Eagles and, and kind of what they need to do to move forward. Uh, first okay. one has to do with uh, so the Eagles coach, Doug, Pe- Doug Pedersen, wants Nick Foles to be more aggressive. You know, they've gone back and looked at film to see what's been happening. You know, they've talked to him about that he has a hesitation issue and that he needs to get out of his head. They want him to go back uh, to week 15 when he threw four touchdowns against the Giants. Do you think um, he'll trust his instincts and find his rhythm? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I have to I have to self-report and please, uh, you know, uh, any uh, Eagles fans out there who are listening, don't get upset at me. Um, I I, I got to be honest. Um, I I watch some NFL games. Um, I don't watch a lot. Um, I do meet up with friends and uh, watch you know some Eagles games. I have been to some Eagles games uh, recently. Um, I do not know, you know, the entire personnel. Of course, I know what you're talking about, you know, with the, with the quarterback situation. And so, so uh, I haven't really been paying uh, um, too much attention to that. I did see uh, the game um, two weeks ago. Um, it, it, it's difficult. It's difficult, uh, especially during during the playoff season, to throw a quarterback in there who hasn't really been getting any snaps during the regular season. To then expect him to just roll in there and just do what uh, you know to kind of keep the camaraderie and and, and uh, you know what's been going on throughout the course of the season. It's unfortunate that uh, that Wentz got hurt. I, I I don't I don't know. I, I, I hope those can. I hope he can keep it together. Um, I hope he can keep his poise. But the playoffs are totally different than uh, than regular season games. Totally different. So I I, I hope he can keep it together. Well, let me ask you this then. I, I know you have a son, um, and and you know he he's he's played a little football. Has has he has he even tried or, or, or talked with you about possibly you know going at a career or or um, you know playing in high school, want to play in college, yes. any of that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You did our homework because yeah. I didn't even know that till the day. I see that. Yeah, you didn't know that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm blessed. Uh, you know, um, uh, I have a son. He's 15 years old. Um, he's a junior. He's RJ. Um, he started playing football uh, when he was seven years old, and I told his mom, uh, my my ex-wife at the time, I said, I'm going to coach him throughout his uh, Pop Warner years. But once he gets into high school, he's on his own. And I, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, that he knew and understand the, fun- the fundamentals of the game and how the game is played. Having said that, um, yeah, I'm a biased dad. Uh, he, is, he is one hell of a, a football player and a baseball player. Honestly, 
um, I have been trying to convince him to focus and concentrate on baseball. I honestly think that he's a better baseball player than he is football. Um, but he's but he's but he's good at both. And I'm going to allow him to make that decision. I don't want to take it away from him now that he's in high school. He's a sophomore. I want him to enjoy his high school years. Um, he does talk about college. Um, his mother and I have decided we are going to allow him to make that decision, depending on where he, uh, you know where he decides if he's if he if he's fortunate. But we're going to allow him to make that decision because he's earned it. Um, and yes, yes, he he uh, he watches college football. He watches uh, college baseball. He watches the NFL. He's exactly who I was when I was his age. The only difference is he's a straight A student, and I was a knucklehead. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so yes, he does have aspirations of uh, of going beyond uh, beyond high school, and we'll see what happens. You know, so as long as he continues to to do the right thing and and uh, and get good grades, um, you know, he's earned that. And uh, you know, if he's fortunate, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it as well. So will his mom. We also have a uh, you know, he has a sister, uh, my little Maddie. Madison's a uh, she's in the eighth grade. She's in lacrosse and soccer. So. Uh, I think they get their, their athletic talents from me and they get their brains from their mom. I don't know, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm Ron, Ron. The females. I want to throw this at him, Chris. I know we said we were going to talk about but, you know, Ron, you said, you know, if you're going to let him make the decision. And you know how dads love their sons. Some of the dads live their life through their kids. And what do you think yeah. with this, um, the uh, Is that the type of parents be like that or should parents step back no man there's no way listen i i i don't know uh you're talking about the father with the with the uh the kids that play basketball is that what you're talking about yes yes yeah yeah i don't know anything about him um i i've seen i've seen interviews and i've seen uh you know snapshots if you will on uh on espn news uh i know i don't i can't question his situation i don't know but here's what I can tell you. There's absolutely no way I am going to, as a father, will be as involved, that involved, um, right. uh, with my son um, or my daughter. God willing, they have the opportunity, um, you know, to, uh, to make it to the next level, whether it's the collegiate level or whether it's um, professionally. They've earned um, that right to make their own decisions. Um, and so now I, I, I'm not going to get involved. I'm obviously still always, I will always be a loving dad and a loving parent. Um, and if they need me, uh, I'm there, but no, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that father. That's all I can say to that. Right. Right. Chris? Yeah, that, that whole, that whole thing is a mess. They've been talking about it and saying that, uh, it's, you know, Lakers need to get him away and he won't, but, yeah, it's a mess. You know, when I when I when I when I first came out, when I I remember one of the things that Reggie that Reggie told us back up, back in the day. One of the things that he would always tell us is that it was it was a um, it wasn't a right. It was a privilege. If you if you looked at it as as a privilege, an opportunity to be able to um, you know to play in the NFL and to fulfill you know your child. Good dream, man. You know, if you look at it as 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 a privilege, um, you know, you are going to enjoy it more. You're absolutely going to make sure that you prepare your mind and your body for the upcoming season. I don't think I'm not so sure if that's the case with uh, um, with this father and these kids. I, again, I don't know. It almost seems as if you know they have a right to do this and they have a right to do that and they have a right to go wherever they want to play and if this school works or, or if this team doesn't like it then the heck with them and I'll take my kids and we'll you know take my tours out of the sandbox and we'll go someplace else that sometimes it can backfire we'll, we'll we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but for me it was a privilege and an honor to be able to say that yeah I'm an eagle or I'm um, you know uh, I'm playing football at the University of Florida if, if you look at it, I mean, the percent of, of college kids who actually make it to the pros, you know, and then and, and, and the, the percent that actually get drafted, I mean, you're, you're in a very small, minute you know, minority. I am, yeah, myself and James were in that percent, that, that percent, I believe it was 1% or less than 1% or whatever it was. I, I you know, um, I was 
in that. And so was, and so was, and so was James. You know, we lasted. James, I think he was there for what a year or so, a year and some change. I was there for yeah. I think three and a half, four years, and then and then after that, you know, it's uh, it's over. You know, it's over. And now it's time to move on and 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 find your. You know, find another career that uh, that you can pursue. You know, fortunately for for James and I, uh, we had second chances. You know, I certainly had a second chance, and and um, you know, so uh, so of you, James. If you look back on the guys that we played with, um, I know some that we played with, and I and I know that their lives now are are, are not so not so not so well, not so good. You know what I mean? Not to mention the fact yeah. that some of the guys that we played with have passed on. Reggie has passed on. Jerome passed right. on. Andre Waters passed on. Todd Bell has passed on. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, there's, 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 there's more to life than, than sports, man. You know, it takes, it takes sometimes, you know, for you to get knocked down to realize that, you know. Um, and some of us, some of us um, rebound. Some of us make the right choices and, you know, we, we move on. And then others uh, don't make so smart uh, choices and they end up, you know, in jail, in prison, you know, strung out on the streets. Who knows, man? It's just, yeah, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. As I know you are as well, James. Yeah. Well, we we only got one question left. I'm going to let you ask that question. But I just want to let you know, Ron, my eyes lit up when you walked in in this place out here in Philly just to see you. Like I said, that brotherhood. And, hey, I appreciate all you have done for me. You don't even know you started this off with, you know, now before you start working for where you work, and you already had people that you influenced their life. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. You and I, uh, we were talking earlier, you and I shared a lot of good times and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, sad times. Um, we've got a lifetime of memories, some of which we won't share uh, <laughs> with your listeners. Uh, we can laugh. <laughs> we were... We were you know, we will, we will, we will always, always be homies. Always be, always be boys, man. I love you for what yeah. you do. I love you for giving back to the community in Wyoming. I love you and and, and uh, you know for 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 reaching out and at least you know giving the kids nowadays an opportunity or at least giving them some insight on on uh, you know uh, the things that you have done and you know making the right decisions. Nice, you're right. Chris, we got the music, but I want to thank Chris too because. This show got back going. She was getting all my guests and all that stuff. So thank you, too, Chris. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, we got to get back together, okay. Rob. Thanks for being on. Okay, Chris. Thank you very much. James, I love you, man. Take care, brother. Love you so much. Chris? All right. Okay. Take care, Ron. Okay. Bye-bye, Chris. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.